Welcome to the Poico HR Podcast. I'm Rob Wilson. With me is my brother and partner, Scott. Hello. And Jason Eisenhower, our Vice President of HR. Hi, everyone. Jackson slash Nikki slash Edgar working the board. So, waka, waka, waka. Uh, and uh, hopefully on our on our list for the new year, hopefully some new intro music coming. Oh, in yes. kind of coming in the next. Well, you know, we like to spice it up a little bit, Jason. <laughs> yeah. So it uh, had the same same intro music for I think since the we debuted the podcast, yeah, nineteen seventy five. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, got the cello players and the violinists coming in at two o'clock, right? You know, you're not going to hear Taylor Swift or or, or Usher or something. Taylor's like version, the, uh, you know, Usher at the Super Bowl. But so, uh, so we'll spice it up a little bit. So stay tuned. You'll have to listen Ooh, to our teaser next episode, yeah, right. and uh, and see what it sounds like. So, uh, not to tease, but to talk about something that's going on uh, right now, or definitely in the next month or so. The Department of Labor introduced their new independent contractor rule that uh, takes into effect March 11th. Yeah, January 9th. 50, 50 pages. Wow, is it really? Yeah, I was scrolling through. I'm like, wow, that's. I did not know that. I love notes and stuff. Yeah. Get paid by the word. Yeah. Right. So January 9th, the Department of Labor issued their final rule. Uh, so that's when it was finally released. But you're like you said, Rob, it doesn't take effect if it does. And I'll talk about that in a second until March 11th of this year. So. Uh, coming up pretty quickly, but March 11th is the effective date of the independent contractors. And the reason why I said, if it does, there is likely to be some court challenges. Yeah, I thought you were going to push that out. Right, right. right. Teaser to <laughs> wait until the end of the podcast, yeah. but you could tell us now. So th- there there was already a federal court uh, case in process, uh, but then they, the courts had decided to put it on hold until the final rule was issued to see if there's any changes. Uh, but now that the final rule has been issued, uh, that's, they're likely to reopen that case or a new case be put forth on the federal level. So we're likely to see some challenges, whether or not the effective date gets delayed or indefinitely put off to be seen. But uh, there are likely to be some challenges. Uh, interesting. So, you know, back years ago, not to show my age or anything, but the IRS used to have like a 20 question on their website of is the independent contractor or are they an employee. And it was questions like, are you telling them what to wear, mm-hmm. where to go, what to do it, when to do it? Right. You know, Supplying it, them tools. Right. It wasn't just, yeah. you know, they're a consultant. Here's a project. Come back in two weeks with a finished product. It was, you know, we had a we had a uh, former client that, you know, was in the hospitality business and he wanted to do it as independent contractors. And that's where we don't have any, we don't do anything with independent contractors. And it was a case where, you know, the uh, wait staff for port- for special events. So you're telling them what to wear, where to go, when to what be. to serve, what to do. You know, you're checking all the boxes. But so now in the new, uh, in this new rule that came out in January, like you said, first week of January, it uh, goes into effect in March. They've, they're looking at six areas uh, within the rule. And interesting thing, uh, what they've said is that None of them have more weight than the other. Uh, all or equally weighted. Could, mm-hmm. But one could theoretically have more weight than another. So, uh, so the six areas that you that you see is the oper- This is uh, as it relates to the independent contractor, right. and this is assuming your independent contractor is as an employee. So, if you do have independent contractors and you're paying a corporation. That's a that's a much different test. So, because you're paying a corporation, the odds are that 1099 is going to fly and not going to be an issue versus, mm-hmm. but now if you're paying an individual, does this individual 
have the opportunity for profit or loss depending on the managerial skill. So, you know, if you're paying them a hourly rate or a, or a dollar amount, do they have the opportunity to make additional money or, lo- or lose money yeah, on, the, right. on that engagement, whether it's an ongoing or is it a long-term, you know, uh, second one investment by the worker and the potential employer? So this kind of works for your Uber driver, for example, because your Uber driver or Lyft or whoever, because your that driver has their own car, has their own gas, their own upkeep. So they're paying for their own, you know, and they, so and from a profit or loss standpoint, you know, you got to put a new transmission in. You got to do that. You know, you're, you're losing some money on Uber. Good point. So those kind of fly, but for your traditional person, you're, you know, uh, that's working as a independent contractor. Uh, did they have their own? Uh, are you giving them supplies? Are you giving them off? Are you giving them a laptop, for example? Right. That uh, would be bad. The, the easy one that I've we, we always point to in the HR world is a painter. So if you if you hire a painter, and you need two rooms of your office painted. You're hiring. They they they, they could have a opportunity for profit or loss if it takes them longer to to do it than needed. Uh, they supply their own tools and equipment. They're providing their own tool, their brushes and the paint. You can specify the color, but usually they can pick Benjamin Moore or whatever their their product is. Uh, so usually painters are a good example. It's not integral to the business. They, usually someone like that is an easy indication of that's an independent contractor. Right. They're gonna they're gonna buy their own brushes. Right. But you're gonna pick out the paint. Yeah. Or whatever. Right. Uh, number three, degree of permanence of the work relationship. You know, is this person- this is where the Uber kind of falls a little bit. Whereas a painter, just two weeks, two days, whatever it is short-term project base, but sometimes if you're having the same computer programmer for three years, five years, no end in sight, it's not a project, right. now we're starting to think about it could be an employee. Right. Uh, nature and degree of control. So how much control does the employer ha- employer or company have to the independent contractor on the, uh, on the control over the work product? Yeah, that goes back to your uh, hospitality person. You're showing up here you're passing these hors d'oeuvres. You have to say it this way. It has to be held that way. You're basically... Right. You're, you're exercising a lot of control. Or are you saying to that uh, independent you know, journalist or whatever, I need a 800-word article on how awesome the Employee podcast is. <laughs> right. So as long as you have that product, it doesn't... You know, you can do it whenever you want. Yeah. So... It would probably be more than 800 words anyways. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the extent to which the work performed is an integral part of the potential employer's business. So they're leaning there as if it's a key part of your business. The odds are they're not going to let it fly as an independent contractor. Right. Yeah. So if that journalist is writing for the Chicago Tribune and they're doing it every day and they're, they can't decide their hours and they can't decide... so. It, that's an integral part. That's one of the six part of Chicago. But if we're doing that for a blog, that's not the integral part of our business is writing articles. So we'd, that'd be more of a, a leniency in our case to classify them as an independent contractor. So that Tribune, Tribune or hypothetical newspaper, their argument on the other side would be that's not our only that's not our only journalist we're using. You know, we got you know fifty other people that we're getting articles from, and if this person doesn't have that article about whatever the topic was, we're going to slide somebody else in. Right. I mean, that would be like us saying our payroll people are independent contractors when they're not, but 
they're an integral part. Yeah. You know. Right. Uh, and the last one is uh, the worker skill and initiative. Yeah, this is a big gray area. It's like super gray. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so whether or not the the painter has the skill or it has the, I mean, yeah, yeah. How luckily all of these are equally weighted. So, so your sloppy painter is going to yeah. be. <laughs> <laughs> Why are my windows painted? You know. So, it. I mean, this is a that this is kind of a pretty vague one because of course you're going to want to hire somebody or contract someone that has skills right and ideally initiative as well exactly I, 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 this is a difficult determination for employers who are on that that line of whether or not it should be or should not be an independent contractor some of these are so vague that it, it is hard any one of these by itself to make that determination and, well, and actually, speaking of vague, I was vague when I said it was 50 pages. This, uh, the ruling, or new ruling, is 106 pages. Wow. So I was contacted by the research department. So. <laughs> Def- definitely uh, paid it's by the word. Huge. The, uh, you know, the end goal, though, uh, has been, uh, especially under this administration, and it varies by admi- administrations, is that they want to eliminate the independent contractor and have everyone employees because you're going to generate more tax revenue. Yep. You know, when you look at your FICA, your Social Security, and Medicare, you're not paying any of those taxes on the employer portion or employee portion to an independent contractor. Yeah, and th- those taxes are remitted more timely if it's an employer organization compared to the 1099, or whether or not people are filing quarterly or miss something. It's, employers are generally more timely compared to someone who's yeah, self like a, a company like our size, our turnaround time is way faster yeah. than... We pay taxes every day. So right. any any client that we process payroll for, if you're processing payroll today on a, you know, well, this is a Wednesday for, as we're recording it, uh, we're paying the Wednesday payroll taxes Thursday and Friday. So right. it's a much quicker process oh, yeah. than, like you said, Jason, in Penacacha, they may do something quarterly. Or maybe even annually. Right. Right. If at all. Right. Right. And who knows? Right. And past that, who knows how much of that they're reporting or detecting. Right. right. Uh, so it's it's definitely a uh, it's definitely a, a big area. They I you know, will if there's an administration change in uh, the next year, will it will this change again? It would probably be pretty slow to change. Yeah, because if you think about it, the la- this is actually rescinding the Trump administration rule from uh, 2021. 21. Like, yeah, January of 2020. So if we're now three years later, finally getting the final rule, yeah, will it be another three years if, if there is a ch- I would assume it would, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so really, if you think about it, the Trump rule, they probably passed it in 20, and mm-hmm. then it took effect, you know, it took effect as he was leaving office. Yeah, good point. Yeah, so it took a while for them to go through this process. So one of the things that... Uh, we looked at uh, Jason. I know, and your HR team is helping helping our clients. Uh, we don't do anything with independent contractors through our system, but helping them go through and do call it uh, not an audit, but is there a way to help them uh, evaluate and yeah. evaluate and look at compliance? Yeah, definitely. So yeah, we, we we sit down with clients all the time. If there is someone that's on the fence, we can go through these six factors and walk through kind of a questionnaire for the clients of how much independent and uh, oversight and tools and equipment, and then we can make a recommendation for them whether or not that worker should be an employee or an independent contractor. Yeah, so uh, kind of five points that uh, that your team has as you as you look through, you know, advice to to uh, to our listeners is 
uh, you know, do it, you know, do an audit, I hate the word audit, but, uh, look at your existing work relationship with your gig workers and freelancers and independent contractors and employees, you know, how much, how much work do you have? What do they do? How do they do it? And then, uh, next determine whether any workers classifications must be changed in light of this. So as it, if it, if it's a gray area, I, I side on the area of if it's gray, why take, why have that exposure? Make why them an employee. Chance. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then review any ag agreements with the gig workers, freelancers, independent contractors to make sure they comply with the final rule. Are you are you paying an uh, an individual or a corporation? You know, we just uh, Griffin and I just went through this process with uh, with a, a group that we work with, and uh, some other some of the association they're paying uh, independent contractors as companies, and those companies are working with multiple. Uh, areas versus paying someone, you know, when you look at I'm paying a person and I'm giving that person a laptop and I'm giving them a, a printer and I'm telling them where to go and what to do. You know, it's a, it's a dicey area. Uh, and so look at your agreements within your agreements. Uh, and it's something that, you know, if someone, uh, our attorneys drafted an independent contractor agreement a few years ago for our clients to look at that we came across. So happy to, happy to, uh, pass that on to people. But, you know, if, if you've got that agreement, you should, you know, don't, one, don't pay people cash, but two, just right. no checks. Uh, if you're going to have an independent contract, make sure you have an agreement, have a hold harmless in there, have an indemnity clause, have a, uh, ask them if they're independent contractors, they should be provide, providing you with a proof of workers comp coverage. Yeah. yeah. Cause otherwise if you hire somebody, a delivery driver or X, Y, whatever the person is, and they don't have insurance, that painter he's painting your office and you don't have a certificate of insurance from that independent contractor. If, if he falls off his ladder in your office and he does not have his own policy, he can go under the workers comp rules. He can go to you and say, well, I fell, even though I'm, I want to be covered under your workers comp policy. And the courts have decided that that is legal. Yeah. You're on the hook. So you're picking up that those type of stories. So look at your agreements and then uh, update your employment policies and procedures so that you, you know, you don't, you know, address your exposures that you have now. But going forward, at least be a be a, a you know, aligned with what this rule is. And then the last one: train managers on uh, on workers' classification requirements. So your managers know, depending on what controls your organization has over hiring independent contractors. Yeah, and one last piece related to a tip. If, if you are going to be changing some, uh, either forced or voluntarily changing some workers from independent contractor to employees in light of the new Biden administration final rule, take a look at, be mindful of your benefits. So these people could become eligible for medical or 401k or retirement. If you have, like, let's say uh, 17 regular employees and you're converting five now to, uh, five independent contractors to employees that puts you over the 20 employee mark. Now you're eligible for Cobra. If you had 46 and you have converting 10 independent contract, now you put over 50 for FMLA. So be mindful of benefits, mm -hmm. be mindful of your headcount, whether or not you're now applicable to certain laws like FMLA, Cobra, affordable care, things like that. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of areas to navigate. Yeah. And HR and Playco, so our HR team is, is happy to help. So contact us at any time and we'll walk you through the new the new final rule and how it kind of affects your, your workforce. HR at employco.com. Yep. And all social media, even X. 
right? I'm still not used to calling Twitter hacks. <laughs> formerly known as, yeah, right? Formerly known as. Yeah, and this, uh, yeah, this is this rule is right around the corner, March 11th. So yeah. it'll be here before March Madness will be. Here. <laughs> I was just thinking that, yeah. So typically we do a podcast around March Madness, but uh, different type of March Madness, exactly. Yeah, no, but this is, and you know, uh, next up after this is you're going to see the uh, the overtime rule is going to come out sometime in the next. I would expect the next couple months. And right. what what how high is that limit going to go? Yep, I agree. So maybe not to the the fifty five thousand that is scheduled. Maybe we might sim see some drop, maybe in the forties. But it, I think we'll see something in in the next couple months. Right. And then for our, uh, the listeners and uh, and friends in the Chicago area, as well as you know across anywhere in Illinois, we've had a lot of calls on the uh, on the the new uh, PTO rule in Illinois that went into effect January first. July first, of course, is Chicago's, which is even more extensive than Illinois. So if you uh, if you have questions about it, if you need help implementing it, if you need help figuring out, you know, because it's not a question of does it apply to me? Because it doesn't All, apply to right. yep. every business. And the biggest ones being impacted are your uh, are your hourly, your retail, and your restaurants. Because not a lot of restaurants or retail uh, shops have have uh, vacation plans or PTO plans, especially for the part timers. Right. Yeah. So now it's not just you know so many of the rules that you see today are your full time employees, but this is anybody on your payroll. Right. That, that yeah. you have to you have to you know for every forty hours work they get one hour. Uh, and if you if you need help with this, like contact us, and we're happy to walk through. It. But we actually just released in the last few days a nice side by side comparison of Illinois, Cook County, and Chicago. How the three rules interact in different types of uh, can that's a great topics. To, yeah. yeah. So we're, we're happy to send that out. Right. Yeah. So feel free HR at employco.com, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Thanks so much. Thank you.